everybody. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. I'm Jeff Antoniak. Improvisers, I want to tell you today to stop improvising so much. I am serious. Um, when you are soloing, we don't need to hear so much improvising. What we need to hear are some things that have actually existed before. So let's, let's dig into this concept. This will make you a better improviser. All right, and I do want to let you know, those of you that have been around for 190 or more of these uh, Digging Deeper videos, we're going to be starting a new series coming up. So that's just something to be uh, watching out for in the upcoming months. So uh, let's dig into this concept. What I want to tell you is most, the vast majority of your favorite jazz players, the heroes that we all revere, were improvising less than you think. What I mean by that is they were playing things they practiced. We all know the famous stories about Pat Metheny or about Michael Brecker or about John Coltrane or about uh, on and on, about how much these folks practiced. Yes, they were working on stuff they would play on the gig or it would inform what they would play. When we transcribe solos, and I've got some of that for you here today on the PDF, when we look at solos, we can see things that they were working on. They were not purely improvising. It wasn't the muse speaking through them. It was their hard work speaking through them. That's what had it made, make sense. That's why Monk sounded like Monk and Bud Powell sounded like Bud Powell and Oscar Peterson sounded like Oscar Peterson. They practiced different stuff. They had different vocabulary. Vocabulary, by definition, is something we do over and over. Now, when I'm at jazzwire.net, I would love to work with you at Jazzwire. I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. Um, at Jazzwire, I hear some of the novice players. Most of the novice players are improvising a lot because they don't yet have a ton of vocabulary. All they can do is make stuff up because they're not quite sure what they're talking about yet. Well, we work on that, right? So it's sort of like me and golf. Um, I don't really golf. And uh, when I go golfing, if I go golf nine holes, I hit the ball like 400 times. I get to golf a lot. I get my money's worth. Uh, when Tiger Woods or a great golfer golfs nine holes, they barely get to hit the ball at all. They hit it 20, 25 times. Seems like a ripoff to me, but whatever, right? They're not improvising. They know what they are doing, right? I'm totally improvising when I golf. That does not make me a good golfer. I think you see the analogy, right? So that's what we want to look at. So what I'm saying to you, so what does this all mean? What this means is we have to start building some vocabulary. When you see a B-flat major 7 chord, don't make stuff up. Play something that's existed before. Have informed decisions. Interesting, right? And what I was saying about Jazzwire. So Jazzwire is my subscription website. It's been running for over two years. Hundreds of adult amateurs and semi-pros from 20, 25 different countries. And now to come into Jazzwire, I think one of the things that makes people a little anxious is I ask you to send in two recordings of your playing. We're not just messing around at Jazzwire. I know every person's playing and I know their strengths and weaknesses. That's how we get better. So I know it's anxiety provoking to make a recording and then send in a recording. Here's the thing. Let's get on the phone. Let's do a Zoom call. Let's do a five or 10 minute call. We can talk, I can hear you play. We can, we can get you into Jazzwire that way. So I don't want the scariness of recording and the red light goes on and now you forget the fingerings of your instrument. I know how that goes. So we can do it much simpler. We, honestly, we can do a call. So uh, yeah, email me at the address below and uh, we can get that set up. Getting into Jazzwire does not have to be a big deal. 
Okay, so um, let me play through this Sonny Rollins example that we see on the PDF. And this is a transcription done by a good friend of mine, great sax player, Luis Hernandez. And he did a couple transcriptions that he shared with me a year or two back. And I was just looking at them the other day and I thought, man, this is perfect for the point I want to make here. Let me play uh, this Eight Measures of Sonny Rollins for you. So that's the first little bit from Sonny Rollins' solo on this tune, Kiss and Run. And when we look into this transcription, we see so much organization that he wasn't improvising. And if we know Sonny's playing, we know that these are things he's played before, some of these items. He wasn't really making that stuff up. My, what I want to say is it's not so much the magic of creation here. It's a craftsman who's really good at assembling something, building a fantastic table. Now, yes, Sonny Rollins is an artist. Yes, there is genius going on here. But I'm saying there's way more craftsmanship than people talk about. There honestly is. Let's look at it. Let's look at this first line. So the very first thing I see, that great dramatic opening, is a major seven arpeggio. By the way, I'm playing this in the tenor sax key, so I'm reading here. So I'm playing a whole step high from uh, if you're trying to play this with a concert instrument. So yeah, the first thing we see is arpeggio chord notes. It's a fantastic melody, C major. And what do we see in measures three and four? It's all arpeggio notes, some displaced in time a little bit, which is very hip, but it's very clear what he's doing. We see the first four notes in the third measure just coming down that B-flat arpeggio, seven, five, three, one. And the next four notes, he's ignoring the E-flat chord and going on to the A-flat minor. Comes down those four notes. And then the last six notes is almost entirely a scale that goes along with that chords. Mostly chord tones and one or two filled in notes. Not really improvised. This is stuff we've seen Sonny play a million times. And we also see him displacing time like that. So the concept behind what was going on is a concept he's worked with before. Craftsman. All right, let's continue on. Can't get much clearer than those chord tones, that amazing arpeggio, that, again, a bit, that very dramatic shape. And I think in the second line, in the second measure, where it says D minor G7, seems to me like he just kind of keeps playing in the key of C. Those, those two measures, measures five and six, very much in the key of C. Check it out. It's so simple. It's arpeggios, it's scales. Got it. So yes, improvising versus craftsmanship. You get the point. All right. Let me take a different approach to this now. And let's look at a great Sonny Stitt solo on the song Indiana, Back Home Again in Indiana. By the way, I'm going to finish off the video improvising a couple choruses for you. So what I did is in this transcription that my friend Luis did, this set of chord changes, G major going to E7, this happens 10 times 
in that transcription. I put four of those instances here. I could have put six or seven, but they didn't fit on the sheet. <laughs> so uh, my point being, he plays either the same thing each time those chords come up or something very different. So these four versions are almost exactly the same, or we can see the same elements. Let me play them through for you. So we see some very similar building blocks, right? So let's just go through it. Item number two and item number four have the exact same first measure. Was that purely improvised and just luck of the draw? No, that's a sunny thing. That's something he's played a million times. And he played it a number of times in this, all, in this one solo, let alone on that night, let alone on different recordings, right? Look at the E7, how he ends that E7 with that G sharp F E D. We see that shape in almost every one of these examples, right? Sometimes he comes at it from above, sometimes he does a little up and down and then comes down to it, but it's definitely a sound that he loved. That major third down to the flat nine, down to the root, yeah. So the point here is our hero, some of the greatest improvisers of all time, were not making this stuff up as much as they were assembling pieces that they knew and loved and valued. And that's important. That doesn't diminish what these amazing players did. They still had that creative spark and it's how they assembled this stuff that was so wonderful. But at the end of the day, they had a lot of pieces that they knew how they worked and they would assemble them. And every once in a while, some magic would happen and something they'd never played before would happen. That was pretty rare for a lot. Now, of course, there's other improvisers that really prize that in the moment thing and they don't allow themselves to play things that have existed before. That is a huge minority and that is really hard to do and that can be very hard to listen to because it's like listening to somebody speak a language that they are inventing in the moment. We have no clue what the hell they're talking about unless it's exceedingly well done, right? So now for us, people inside Jazzwire, for you people that should be at Jazzwire learning this stuff and for me and my own practice, that's what I'm doing. I'm accumulating more uh, melodic and harmonic knowledge that then I use to help in my improvisations. That is absolutely the way to go. So write me. Let's get this uh, PDF out to you. There's some incredible language here that you should be learning. And I'm serious about those of you who have been hesitating about coming on to Jazzwire for over two years. And I know you're out there because I communicate with you. You folks that are just sort of anxious or it's easy to procrastinate and not do the recording or you don't have a great way to record. Well, I tell you what, let's set up a 10-minute phone call in a couple days. Let's do it that way. Easy enough. Okay, so I'm going to play a little bit of the song Back Home Again in Indiana, the same one that Sonny uh, was playing here for us, Sonny Stitt, and uh, I'm going to improvise a chorus or two. And here's the thing, the majority, vast majority of what I'm playing is stuff that I know, that I've played a million times before, and that I've practiced. So what you're hearing that I hope is going to sound like a good solo, very smooth, very fluid, very confident, I hope, that's what it is. 
um, as what we would imagine as improvisation, there's not going to be a lot of that. There's going to be a lot of assembling. All right. I hope this hit home and I hope this gives you a really clear path forward. That's the only point of these videos is to help you move ahead. So hope I'll be working with you soon and uh, enjoy. Have a great week. Thank you.